Well, welcome everybody. It brings me great pleasure to welcome you to EG's inaugural No Filter podcast, a new monthly digest designed to bring you the very latest in research and data analysis from the EG team. This podcast series will be sharing with you what we've been working on and what we've noticed in the market across the sectors. I'm James Child. I'm Head of Retail and Industrial Research, and I'm pleased to say that uh, I'm joined today by my colleague, Graeme Schoen, EG's very own Head of Office and Workspace Research. Graeme, hello. Are you out there? Hello. Realise that, yeah, the, the, the no filter name uh, might need a tiny bit of explaining because like the no filter thing sounds like we're sort of political heavyweights uh, about to go on a show <laughs> like on Fox News with Bill O'Reilly or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, hopefully it is kind of, you know, unfettered kind of thoughts about the market. But it's also got a nice, uh, nice kind of Excel connotations as well. Turn the filter off, show us all the information. That's right. Yeah, illuminate the way forward. So I think over the next 10, 15, 20 minutes or so, what we're going to do is chat through Graham's latest research, which is an in-depth statistical analysis of third spaces. And then I think if we do have time, um, we'll probably talk to, through some of the other bits and bobs we've been we've been working on this year as well. So this term, Graham, third spaces, is, is becoming increasingly common. I see it used quite a lot, and I know our listeners will already have a you know an understanding of of what they are um but maybe do you want to kick us off by telling us about the research you've put together and um you know your thought processes and and, and what you found i know it's quite a lot in one go but yeah i'll do i'll do all of that all of that that'll, that'll take go. us up to, don't take us up to 15 minutes don't now, breathe the, um, the interesting thing is um whether the the listeners kind of like understand or, or know third space is an interesting um question because it's kind of this assumed uh, intermediary offering uh, of what is ostensibly office-based work that takes place not in the communal headquarters, not at the home, but so, sort of somewhere in between. Uh, and it was obviously a very on vogue term last year when there was kind of myriad discussions really around uh, the future of work, understandably so, given the enforced remote working uh, that we've got now. Um, another term that got thrown around is like suburban offices and things like that so it's kind of there's there are these kind of bits of nomenclature um chucked around and my thought process towards the end of last year was just to try and understand even myself as to as to how they'll how they'll manifest themselves like what do those actually look like um to what extent is it somewhere very very close to people's home that resembles an office or is it somewhere kind of in between the home and the office in both a kind of metaphysical sense and literally like it's just reducing the commute very, very slightly for white collar workers. So rather than commuting from, I don't know, South End uh, all the way into London, they can just, uh, you know, go somewhere kind of um, along the train line to a, a surrogate office space um, and work there. It is interesting because, you know, nobody knows exactly um, what the landscape is going to look like in a year's time, two years time, three years time. And I guess that this is what the, the research is trying to look into, isn't it? It's trying to figure out, um, you know, make a make a best case guess, I guess, for, you know, where we we might be headed in terms of the future of of office spaces in the country and where they're they're located, right? A little bit, yeah. So the, the main kind of thrust of what I was wanting to to look into is um if you look at if we basically like the entire uh, or a huge amount of discussion around real estate is going to be around white collar workers and what they do in in the future right mm. um not just for for office landlords and office operators but because of the structure of the economy because of how much 
you know, relative wealth, relative income um, is generated in, in, in white collar work, you know, become kind of a, a knowledge economy, basically. Um, and the the extent to which uh, we're going to need to focus on where those people spend their time, you know, where are they going to be to in order to kind of um, spend their disposable income, that kind of thing. So mm. obviously for retail landlords, that's that's hugely important. Um, yeah. Even for like resi developers, these these people are going to be a bit more discerning about where exactly it is that they live, um, and so the patterns of of where they go and what their preferences are is going to be huge for a range of um, of real estate uh, players. But in this instance, what I wanted to do was just look at the situation as is. So, where do office workers live? Where where are they right now? Where are they probably working at the moment? And if we're talking about some kind of third space or intermediary space closer to their homes, if that's going to be required in future, then let's look at where those people live and cross-reference that with existing office stock. Mm. Um, and the, the way that I've done that is by local authority. You'd like to be a bit more granular of course and go into kind of ward level data and things like that but uh, this was the the availability of of data in terms of um employment i think by local authority that's what we've got and after that i was able to look at the amount of office space per white collar resident and it all just hangs off that so for example in london you've got lewisham and bromley right next to each other they're around two and a half square meters per white collar resident um in those two boroughs and you sort of compare that to something that the british council of offices released in 2018 that says the typical space per desk across the country um is around 9.7 square meters so you can kind of get a sense of these kind of places in terms of local authorities mm. that are relatively undersupplied by the amount of white collar residents they've got versus mm -hmm. their kind of in situ office stock and if these kind of if these suburban spaces or these intermediary offices are going to kind of take off in a re, in a you know a measurable way as we kind of evolve the future of work mm. you can kind of get an idea of little clusters across the country of where that's likely to take place and before i did any of the calculations and, and things like that as you could pro as you probably said to me at the time like well why don't you just draw a ring around city centers in in the uh, in the country that are uh, you know the, the primary office markets if you like uh, i think i just did just, say that yeah yeah and just yeah. go from there those are going to be them and i was like well and uh, i did think that but um i wanted to just kind of pour through the data and just see what actually comes out of it yeah see if there are any any kind of surprising ones um and there's, there's a couple i think are really interesting like a great amount of a large amount of devon actually has like a reasonable like volume of of office workers but very very little office space as you'd probably imagine it's quite far from any yeah. major office center so it you know i say in the piece it's like it, a lot of these the places in there are kind of more rural town they're small places can you actually pin any kind of you know huge like, intermediary space there we will we'll, we'll have to see if they take off in in smaller communities um, even things like Malden, Rochford, um, over kind of towards the the very, very kind of eastern uh, edge of the country, um, near Southend-on-Sea and Basildon. Um, again, those are the, there's like three very, very acutely undersupplied uh, office uh, local authorities there, all kind of bordering each other. And how yeah. does that manifest itself? You know, if, if we're talking about places closer to the home that people can work in, are they going to be kind of dotted around a lot of the, the small villages there? 
mm. or are those kind of people that that live in those types of local authorities do they commute into london and actually what can happen is the towns kind of in between you know that that those kind of coastal local authorities in london can kind of catch a lot of those uh, erstwhile commuters mm. um and and get them to to spend you know days working in in their in their um in their centers but yeah. then it's it, it depends whether there's any actual demand for that kind of thing and if organizations are willing to have their workers just kind of you know in a lot of these kind of maybe flexible spaces working not in silos but kind of you know next to to, to people that work for other organizations it's it's hard to kind of pick through the exact practicalities of how intermediary spaces are going to work but I thought really with um, with looking at the situation as is, you can just see little kind of pockets of the country that may, you know, sprout some of these. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's just um, there's, there's a handy little map, isn't there, on the on the research you've put together. And uh, those local authorities have been, um, as you said, they are very neatly grouped together, which often we don't find when we when we do our statistical analysis a lot of the time. There'll be um, random iterations of, of dots of um, or pockets of growth here there and the other but that lends itself to um so i guess that you know the the point that the research you've undertaken is is quite valuable because herein lies the evidence that there are places in the country that perhaps are undersupplied um and going forward you know as you've mentioned there are there are you know myriad reasons to 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 why they're undersupplied in the first place um you know let's not forget that but you know hate using the word opportunities but are these potential opportunity areas you'd imagine so developers or um or or for these third spaces to spring up you know yeah i mean this is all it it hinges off the the historic relationship really between um the home and the office which has been you know hugely subverted um you know last year it was a bit of a paradigm shift that was probably going to happen piecemeal across the next decade but i think now that it's just smacked people in the face there's going to be a bit of a uh, an evolution in terms of you know where people work uh, and how that actually happens i mean the third spaces thing was basically a, a 2020 phenomenon to my mind anyway i'm happy to be to be corrected on that but it, this is something that only kind of really reared its head when we were forced uh, as a kind of industry as a sector to really think about where white collar work can be undertaken and then for the property sector, what infrastructure should we provide to actually uh, support and enable that? And mm. evidentially, you know, evidentially within certain pockets of the country, there just isn't the the requisite office space to support a, an in situ resident white collar population. Now, whether whether or not it's within these um, local authorities that this kind of you know boom in in, in new provision uh, of, of a variety of different workspaces happens or if it's just kind of next to them um in places like uh, the one in the uh, in the northwest um actually that i looked at uh, that's quite an interesting one it's west lancashire and chorley and just the way that those areas uh, kind of sit they're just kind of bordered by a load of other um small towns like wigan uh wigan st helens uh, they're all kind of they're also undersupplied, mainly because obviously they, they sit between Liverpool and Manchester. There's not been a historic need in those kind of areas for any significant office development. But how does that actually manifest itself moving forward? Where specifically within those local authorities are white collar workers distributed and where do they actually want to work in future? It could be within a lot of the majority anyway of workers just say, oh, I just want to segment between home and the office. I don't need a 
a surrogate third space to do any work in which case you know it won't it, 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 what we have currently will probably um perpetuate in future but it could be that there's some other areas of the country that do appear undersupplied end up kind of um, giving us uh, an idea of what the suburban office or what the, the intermediary space um, actually looks like mm. and you know th- this was effectively a, b- a bit of a shot across the bowels of saying to to folks you know within that that kind of space you know are you thinking about these kinds of areas and obviously local authorities is quite a it's it's a broad geographical spread you know it, it, as i say like war data and stuff might be might be more useful if it's available um because you know in, in su- some of, some of them are obviously absolutely massive there's a vast variety of different places in herefordshire for example that you could target you yeah, know for it's these a, types it's of spaces one, like it? where do the where exactly you know it's it's under supplied fine but what where is the actual you know real kind of surgical demand for what these kinds of spaces are and where should you actually be supplying it so i think when you say kind of opportunities i think those need to be kind of really firmed up um, a little with a little bit kind of more granular research um and this but this to me is is like a nice indicator really of the situation as is Mm -hmm. and it's something to think about in terms of what we what we need to provide uh moving forward uh in terms of of workplaces um, I wonder. Because, I wonder then. Um, you know, looking at the. You know, as I am looking at the map here and and, and scrolling through the research. Um, you know, thinking forward into through to the you know the twenty twenties and and what's to come. There's a lot of talk at the moment, you know, post pandemic, about leveling up. Nobody really knows what that means. Um, but you know, if we are to um, to move industry around and create create jobs, create opportunities in different areas, then might this be a potential indicator? of uh for economies growth economies and uh and new jobs and potentially um areas where white collar workers may want to go to or you know places that businesses might decide to set up it's interesting really you wonder kind of where how that that will actually manifest itself so will it be existing businesses in say bristol thinking well we need to actually dissipate our our office um presence because we need places some in xyz because our workers actually live there they want space kind of close to closer to where they live i think in terms of you know the leveling up thing and where the new jobs and, and businesses can be created there it all kind of depends on on the movement of of, of talent i think uh, and, and how they on how the kind of workforce itself um decides to to place itself going forward if there's suddenly it's suddenly people you know it, it's it kind of chicken and egg thing really with with businesses and, and workers um it, it all kind of depends on of how people move around the country you know and if businesses decide to set up in for example you know in you know your Chorleys or west lancashire's or your selby's and, and places like that they'll probably need some kind of evidence uh beyond this type of, of research that people are actually like wanting to move there there's actually a desire for to, for people to to actually go up uh, yeah. or go across the country um and, and build their lives somewhere different than city centers but that doesn't have to actually come at the expense of, of city centers i mentioned at the start of this we're kind of becoming a we have become more of a knowledge economy with services based um effectively mm-hmm. um and our our root out of um economic kind of strife uh, that's caused by by the, the the events of last year um will come through further development of those of those industries um the kind of industries that that do take place nominally in in office buildings and so 
if there is to be a you know significant expansion of those those industries, these are the kinds of places that can potentially kind of latch onto that. Um, yeah. And in terms of supplying the, the requisite infrastructure for those businesses to expand, but it might need something just a, a, you know a little bit accelerative beyond just the notion of there are a lot of white collar workers there relative to the supply of office space. There probably needs to be some kind of other accelerative factors, like perhaps transport links, um, potentially like stickiness of of university students on in certain. Um, uh, in these uh, local authorities mm. is those kinds of things that there should be I think thought about in general yeah um, when it comes I know, to you know, up agenda yeah you mentioned you know there about you know stickiness and that that's a really important question that we don't know the answer to yet as well as about retention rates in in towns across the UK you know the, a lot of people have putting their f- finger in the wind and suggesting that people are now going to stay away from cities um, people are going to decide to stay in towns you know people aren't going to rush into london as they used to for example mm. um if that is the case um then i suppose that's good news for for those economies isn't it i mean there's been a lot of commentary about um localism on the high streets for example about people spending more time where they live and obviously that's kind of been imposed on them by the restrictions uh last year and this mm. year as well um but it's an interesting trend isn't it i think yeah, I mean, as I, as I said, like a lot of this, a lot of research and analysis that will happen um, in the coming kind of months and quarters does will re- relate to, you know, where people choose to spend their time. Mm. Nowhere is is more kind of um, acutely aware of that than than the high street needs people to to go out and spend spend time there to spend money there, but ultimately the, the you know I was asked on. Um, on last week's uh, uh, podcast, the Sunday morning one, about whether, you know, offices, it's like, what's better, offices or resi? <laughs> it's a kind of tongue-in-cheek question. But ultimately, um, it, you kind of think about it moving forward. And, and the home is is so, it's just so um, permanent, right? We do so yeah. much more from our houses now. Uh, we can shop here. We'd like, we're able to work here now. So the appeal of 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 where people want to live it is going to be massive and particularly people with money you know with mm-hmm. like you know not to be kind of vulgar about it but you're more likely to have money if you do if you're working in office-based um industries by yeah. and large and all all of that kind of stuff all the localism uh, all the kind of dwell time analysis all the kind of extrapolations of where people spend where people spend x percent of their week how much footfall has been recovered from yeah. you know like pre-pandemic levels it all kind of feeds into this, this this notion around around cities um and towns and you know it's almost like this you know almost zero-sum game i guess you know if you're not spending if people aren't spending their time in 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 cities then you know towns might benefit and that's yeah. kind of that plays into the, the leveling up agenda and and why people in london are so um, I guess kind of twitchy about that because it, it, it the, the kind of the, the very notion of it makes it sound like they need to kind of suppress the the appeal and the um, the prosperity of London in order to to raise everywhere else up. Um, and really, it doesn't you know, it doesn't necessarily have to to be like that. It is kind of interesting figuring out what exactly is going to happen um, in terms of office supply moving forward. I mean, I think you've been on a you were on a, a call this week looking at um, repurposing shopping centers right and one of those yeah one of the one of the topics one of the potential things that came up was was flexible office space now that's quite that in itself is is quite interesting because you'd think that 
this might feed into to what I've done um, with this analysis in that some of these local authorities are, gonna, are maybe going to have they, they could have shopping centres within them that, that are no longer fit for purpose. Do they just switch over to office space? But also in amongst all of that is the analysis looking at um, London and the key uh, regional office markets and the supply rates going up there. So there's yes. already, you know, like there's already kind of some vacant um, or a bit more vacant space as of now than there was 12 months ago. So this kind of this is an interesting kind of crux, really, in terms of leveling up and, and where things are going to happen. There's already the, the space in kind of key office markets that may get repurposed or changed into some kind of flexible offering. Mm. And then you, we're thinking about shopping centers doing that as well in maybe more. Uh, you know, kind of less urbanized um, areas or less built up areas. And there's only so much, there's maybe only so much repurposing um, that we can, that we can do um, into, into office supply. There is, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, I think it was the most recent article you put out, wasn't it this week about, um, you know, you mentioned the supply rates there and how, mm. you know, there is still quite a clamor for, for, for grade A stock, especially under key cities, but increasingly there is, more secondhand or grade b space right so yeah pretty much yeah. if yeah i mean if if when you talk about repurposing retail i mean that's the you know that that is it feels to me like you know obviously i've been working on this for a number of years now um, and it feels like we've gone through the five stages of grief to be honest with you yeah it feels like we've gone through you know anger on that you know with the high street and now we're now all of a sudden in 2021 is acceptance and now everybody's talking about oh there is too much space on the high street there are a load of empty shops what do we need to do with it um so it's taken some time but i think that the conversation has now turned to you know oh oh god um there are so many empty stores what on earth are we going to do with them which yeah. it's a it's a massive massive question and there's there's loads of, there's tons of good research out there and there's loads of good ideas but i think a lot of it is going to come down to affordability and and collaboration between public and private on this People, have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with with every sector in real estate, you know, the term high street gets obviously gets used a lot, and it's a very, it's actually a very vague term for for what most people define as shops, isn't it? Mm. Um, high street is a different town centres are all different, so it's very difficult to, um, you know, to to turn around and say this is the solution, this is this is the way out of um, the retail crisis which started, you know, five years ago. Um, this is how we fix it. Yeah, um, it's 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 difficult. You know, I think yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if there's if the this thread of of discourse around uh, like changing shopping centres into into flex offices, which I'd like, like I said, I've only seen a couple of times like in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I think ultimately I've seen other stuff um, that says like convert shop, just convert shops into homes. Mm-hmm. And to me that always seems like well we've got a, a structural oversupply of retail. We know we're undersupplied in terms of in terms of new build. Or, or you know housing accommodation flats whatever you like mm-hmm. and just trying to mesh those two things together uh in in the kind of like easily digestible solution just change that space into houses and to me it, it, there's possibly something similar with changing kind of you know any kind of huge retail scheme into flex offices or something like that mm-hmm. or some kind of office space and the interesting thing with the the, the office discussion is we're not sure about whether we've got a real na- nationwide structural oversupply or whether we're kind of just fumbling around in the dark a little bit trying to figure out exactly what people are going to want once this pandemic 
is kind of summarily neutralized and we can get back to some form of normality yeah i, th- I, think, I think i think that, that's, that's basically what's 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 happening again well there's also offices that we can maybe use and then and also that means the the kind of added benefit of what shopping centers were for anyway which is getting you know feet on the ground into town centers during the day mm-hmm. that's 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 what all of like i say all the discussion is around basically it's like where do where are these white collar workers going to be and can we get them into into our town center we've got this retail thing doesn't quite work but we know that around here there's a few or there are a lot of office uh, a lot of office workers that are just at home during the day could we offer them something else yeah it's almost like we've we've gone back to the drawing board with real estate isn't it this year because nobody's quite sure how much office space we have or need um same with retail i mean it's it's almost like if you had a blank canvas you'd probably build something completely different wouldn't you a completely different model of of, of urbanized living um and it's you know it's interesting you you mention about the the you know the shops to homes and that's something i've looked at as well this year and it's it's um you know it, it's a bit of a concern for me to be honest with you it's yeah. not it's not something i uh, i can get on board with um i i definitely think firstly yes there's too much retail space fine secondly yes we need to build more homes but the two don't run congruent with each other just because we can doesn't mean we should no i think and you know you don't have to be a genius to think about you know do you really want to live on a high street you know in between a hairdressers and a and a bookies maybe you do maybe you do i i don't and a lot of other people don't either but um a good analogy i think for um to you know to really represent this is if you imagine quote unquote the high street as a a set of piano keys you I've, know, got, when I've, I've done that yeah if you've done that if you've got that you yeah okay I'm, I'm there google google piano that might help <laughs> um <laughs> so we've got the we've got this we've got this piano um there's there's increasing vacancy because because debenhams have gone under uh, arcadia is no more so on and so forth but they're, they're not all next to each other they're not all in a line so you're getting you're getting gaps gaps in your piano <laughs> What would be ideal is if you could push all those keys together and then you'd have um, a certain obsolescence on each end, which you could neuter um, and then decide to effectively build more homes together in a community as opposed to filling the gaps um, continually, which is what you'd end up doing. You keep just plugging gaps with homes until you know, you'd have three in a row and a gap and then another five. And it just it doesn't yeah. work. So my That's fear cool. is that with the liberalization of planning, which um you know is expected that that might happen just at a time when um you know the the power um the power invested in uh, in these local communities should be given to those who who know what they're doing so you know yeah. boots on the ground so it's very interesting isn't it at the moment there's a lot going on and um i'm That's sure cool. you know if we're allowed to do another podcast then um we can talk, we can talk in even greater depth about that but i think we should probably wrap it up now, Graham. We've been talking for quite a bit, haven't we? We have, yeah. Like um, begin, beginning with a kind of new kind of third spaces uh, chat, and we've we've uh, moved into active asset management of town centres, which I know uh, a lot of people will will probably agree with or disagree with. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what response we get to that. <laughs> we'll pick it up next time in our in our second edition of No Filter. If you are interested in any of the research we've discussed and do get in touch with Graham or I. I'll, uh, I'll broadcast his home address and number all over the internet so you can get in touch with him. Um, 
or <laughs> go or go to egi.co.uk forward slash news for all of the latest data news and analysis from the rest of the brilliant eg team um until then thanks for listening and goodbye goodbye <laughs>